This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 601, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and enter code iFanboy at checkout to get a free trial shave set. That's harrys.com, code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners like you... In the world of men, in the great rat race, makes his beat, sustaining does what it please. Winners of the moss, impart their grace, as I wallow in the muss in a doggy day. I live in a channel, smell my garden cheese, tongue got the flies, but watch it online. Then I get trashed by the whole of my wife. I'm kicking my hiney life In a canine world Cats to chase and a bone to bury Full of doggy sticks in a super place If I get a piece of tail, I don't wanna get married This is just a doghouse, why should I stay? Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 601 I'm Josh Flanagan, alongside my co-host Connor Kilpatrick I feel like we should take three weeks off after last week <laughs> Don't you think? I wasn't expecting it to go there I was expecting a jaunty <laughs> greeting, and I you threw me off completely. Do the jaunty greeting, Connor. Hello, everybody. And Ron Richards. You know the drill. Jesus Christ, just waiting to be mentioned. My God, and I agree with Connor. I feel like we need a couple <laughs> of weeks off after that. So. We are iFanboy. We are Kvetchers. Every week, we read our stack of comic books and be either Kvetch or Kvel. That's right. I'm using Yiddish. Uh, and one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. We talk about that book. Other books from the week, the patron pick. Maybe if we have some time, we'll lead, read listener mail. I don't know. It should be fun. That's the plan. That's the only reason I do this. Uh, here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. You know the drill. There will be spoilers. It's on you, buddy. Connor, you had the pick. This week, the pick was Astro City 47 by Kurt Busick and our buddy Mike Norton. Which was a nice surprise. It was. Bravo. Bravo. I knew it was coming. I didn't know when. I knew Mike was working on Astro City, but, uh, oh, man. I I just thought, oh, man. He's great. He fits right in. Um, Yeah. I am, of the three of us, I am not an animal person. Nothing against animals. I'm just highly allergic to them, so I don't have any affinity towards them. Uh, And yet, the powerful writing and art of Astro City 47 got me... And I, so I can't even imagine how much it got you two guys. Um, this is the story where we meet G-Dog, who is the good dog superhero, who is a, a strange uh, creature who, when an amulet was touched by a, a burglar, while he's also touching a dog, fused them together into a anthropomorphic dog superhero who can change back and forth and, and, and has also, the personalities like, of both. And I like how it's unclear as to who's in control at any given moment. It's kind of like Dog Firestorm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, uh, it makes much more sense than that. And, uh, so we, we follow along from the origins of G-Dog, in which the burglar, again, he finds this amulet in the house he's robbing, uh, to his, his career first in the beginning. He's not quite sure what to do with these new powers, and then he becomes a full-fledged superhero, recognized by the Astro City superhero community. Uh, and then the uh, touching cliffhanger of the two-part series, in which uh, there's a visit to the vet. And... Uh, <laughs> well, what, 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 did, what did I write Wednesday night? Like midnight Wednesday night in our chat room, what did I say? Uh, Astro City killed me? Is that what it is? I said, yeah, I said, oh, this killed me. This killed me. Oh, this is, I mean, let's just look, cut to the chase of the thing. This is our uh, all th- This is our unanimous pick of the week. There's no... Yeah, yeah. It's all three of us? Are we all in agreement? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, there's no, I got to the end of it, and I was like, well, that's, I don't need to read anything. If I had the pick of the week, I wouldn't need to read anything else. Um, I would, because, you know, I'm responsible, but... Totally. I, I mean, I mean, the th- the thing about it is, is that at least personally, for, so so of the so Connor, you're allergic. You're not an animal person. Josh has a dog by choice. Yep. Right. Um. I I do not like animals. I do. I'm not a pet person. Um. But growing up, we had dogs. My sisters had dogs. I I uh, you know had had my girlfriend had a dog. You know, like so like they've been they've been around me reluctant. I've been a reluctant. <laughs> Uh, participant like and so Grinch. you're trying not to have a heart uh, yeah exactly we but, already um, talked about this ron you you're lying you are a dog person you're just bearing it to fo- avoid the pain yes yes exactly exactly <laughs> and that's the thing and then and kurt Busick nailed it with it just nailed it I, I gotta say i mean the thing that really works for me in this story um is that Basically, the dog becomes the conscious of this person, conscience of this person who has no conscience, right? Right. And 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 he's doing things with thinking, ah, oh, the dog will be disappointed in me if I do that, and that stops him from making bad choices. 
And I love that. I just like, and it's it's totally like a an aspirational sort of you know fake idea about like dog morality or whatever. But I I like the idea of there's this thing that's pure, you know yep. that that wants to do the right thing that only wants you know happy and and, and only wants you know people to be good, safe. Good, yeah, good, good, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Only wants good. He's G dog. It's the G. <laughs> it's and there's a him is good, and I'm I'm old and. And and uh, cynical enough that there's something super attractive about something that simple. Yep. That I think is really is really nice. And 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 also you know you've got. I know that Mike Norton didn't write this, but I feel like there's no way that this wasn't written with him. In mind, like we. Well, know- he even said. So, did you read the back? Did you read? No. You didn't read the backup, did you? Yeah. So, so um, Busiek writes about working with Mike, how they worked together on Trinity. Ah, uh, was it yeah. Like Trinity? Something yeah. yeah. And 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 how he remember, you know, he he said he had such a great time working with Mike back then that he was he's like, oh, he's somebody I'd like to work with again. And when this story came up, given Mike's background with Battle Pug. Copyright I fanboy. Um, <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Very kidding. Just kidding. The, the creator owned book, uh, Battle Pug, that we love. Um, uh, you know, and Mike's just general re- reputation for, for Mike's a dog dogs. Guy. Like he yeah, goes to yeah. he goes to pug conventions. <laughs> like he doesn't ever like anything I post on social media unless it's my dog. And then right, it's yeah. every one of them. And I don't hold that against it. Like that's great. He's you yeah. know. Um, but also, you know, at the same time, the thing that you need with an artist on Astro City. Um, is a really strong sense of the basic storytelling within this without being overly showy. And, and he's just a great cartoonist at the same time. So, like, he's a perfect match. You know, if if, if you were to tell me, like, Mike is going to take over as the, you know, regular Astro City penciler, I'd be like, that's it. Perfect. Do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I love the superheroes at the same time. So that was good. Yeah, no, and 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 um, uh, well, Connor, this is your pick. I feel you should. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, it, it, it. I mean, cathartic. It's cathartic a a little bit. I I was anticipating that. It has a ton of heart. Um, The main character is interesting. He's not a character we have really seen much in Astro City. This, I mean, I wouldn't say he's got no conscience. He's 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 a thief, Mm -hmm. uh, but he does kind of feel bad about it. He has some sort of code about it. uh, he's and he's claiming to only be stealing to get out of his other problems, which is probably rationalization, but whatever. But the point is, he's not a straight up hero. He's not a straight. Up, he's not a supervillain. He's just this guy working the margins of Astro City who comes across this power, which ends up changing him for the better through the dog. And there's interesting twists here. For instance, they're at the park and he can hear a cat. He can hear the birds. Yeah. So it may not just be about you know. Well, it's yes, it's not about the oh that that ties to the to the to the almost the greatest moment of the comic is that the power stem from this amulet that he steals, and he, for some reason the guy chooses to put the amulet around his neck as opposed to go and fence it, which kind of shows you know, like he's like I would normally wear something I stole, but with this amulet I thought why not, <laughs> and and he goes home and the dog jumps up and there's a close up panel of the dog's nose hitting the amulet with the sound effect boop. <laughs> which which was also very accurate, and uh, the, the the dog touching the amulet and the guy wearing the amulet is looking in the powers, but you got a sense that the amulet is a conduit for uh, similar to what's her name, Vixen, right? Right, Vixen, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Vixen Firestorm match, Firestorm yeah. mashup, yeah. Uh, and it's fun. It is it's fun to watch his progression from y- younger guy hero to guy with kind of douchey facial hair at the end, older adult hero who has been doing this now for many years and is. Is 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 established in Astro City. People know him and love him. He's the dog superhero. He looks like a G dog. G dog. G dog. And uh, there's just a lot of joy in it too. You talk about the, the the purity of the dog. Well, you know he's jumping around fighting crime with his tongue hanging out and smiling. He just you know he's having a good time. There is a thing about superheroes who are smiling when they're doing it that is really attractive at least to me at this point like i think of you know when people draw the flash and he's happy and running around how darwin would draw it something like that so you take that you mix it with not only a smiling superhero but who's also a dog and it's it's quite joyful and not even and like the thing is this story is it's really easy in our world and we're very used to it that people will just be like here's a picture of a cute cat or a cute dog and that's enough but it's not enough to make a comic book good so there has to be more to it so there's like a there's a basis of storytelling here that that makes it good on top of sort of that fuzzy feeling. Not a pun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, and the st- the story itself is super simple and super. I mean, it's it's you know origin. You know, bad guy turns good. He then get he goes back to school. He gets a girlfriend. Like it's amazing how the positive force in a life changes his life. You know, and then I, as I'm reading this, I was like, okay, this is great. There, but like, where where's this going? I didn't know it was a it was a multi parter story. I thought it was maybe a one shot. Um, but yeah, the, then then where it go the, then where it goes? I was like, oh god damn it, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's the thing. If, if not for that final page, this probably wouldn't have been the pick of the week. Yeah, um, right? As much, right. As much fun as the issue was, it wasn't. Until it turns, not dark, but turns tragic. Not even tragic, Drum- but dramatic. it turns, turns yeah. dramatic on the last page. And it's the it's the way of the it's the arc of the whole issue that made this work work so well. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, it, without spoiling it, even though we gave a spoiler warning, dogs don't live as long as people do. <laughs> and so a trip to the vet might be. I just looked at the last dramatic. page and I got a little. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, literally, I got, I was so happy and loved reading this, and I got to the last page, and I, and I wanted to throw the book, throw the book across the this room, is, and that, and, you know, I might not like it, but God damn it, Kurt Busiek, I respect it. Th- this is a perfect uh, metaphor for your feeling on pets. Yeah. Oh. Like, it brought you through the whole thing. I mean, like, and yeah. the, my dog is, is uh, he'll be 10 in January, and French Bulldogs live 10 years. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I'm living yeah, with this all the time. I'm like, ugh. And then they went and yeah, did well, let's, that. Yeah, let's 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 not get too specific about it. But um, but yeah, no. It, it, but but that but to your point, Connor, that's what makes it good is that he set the table and then he pulled the tablecloth out from underneath it. He played us like like fucking fiddles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time you carp you sick. <laughs> this was only the. Don't you work? <laughs> the first of several dog-related comics this week that I read. Yeah, there was a lot of there were a lot of dogs in comics this week. The second one, Black Bolt number five from Saladin Ahmed, and art by Fraser Irving and Christian Ward. Yeah, Fraser Irving. Which we get those a, four pages. We get a lot of Lockjaw. I, I just said, I almost said Lockjosh. <laughs> I just think that uh, it's important now, maybe more than ever, to focus on a good Black Bolt. And certainly yeah. a good lockjaw story. Yeah. While we can. Um because I think that we're not gonna see that for a while. There, Never know. I mean, this is this is really good. This it's is really, really what a what a really fun series. Like in the midst of all this like onslaught of inhuman stuff, let's not even let's not even ignore the fact that like we're getting a great absorbing man story. Right, yeah. exactly. I was like, wow, this is the best absorbing man story I've ever read. I think I think his origin was mostly in the last issue, but like it's still like oh, Absorber Man is going to be friends with Black Bolt under these circumstances, and I love that, and I don't want him to turn back to a bad guy when they get back. I want you know, I like it's that. it's that buddy comedy combination that you never you know it's the king and the lowest man in the court becoming friends through some extraordinary circumstance. You know, you got this Crusher Crusher Creel who is a low-life criminal, and you've got the king of the Inhumans who have to escape this prison, and uh, that's been compelling a lot, really compelling. But then at the same time as that, you have this... I've had this feeling about a bunch of books this week where uh, it's also super comic booky in that totally. sort of... Well, that, it's the Inhumans. You can't, right, you I know. Can't. Well, no, but like we had an Inhumans thing where it was about a bar... And, yeah. you know, we had another one, you know, where it's about, like, the Inhumans hasn't been like that. But this is, let's take Black Bolt, let's put him in some creepy cosmic setting with this jailer who is, you know, when we find out the reveal about what he is and well, most of what the, what he is. And and just sort of the the wacky imagination of all the different aliens and creatures and powers that they're, that they're drawing in this story. Like, it's... It feels sub- not subversive, but it feels you know dynamic. It feels like there's a lot going on. It's not grounded. They're not trying to explain why or how. It's just like look at this wacky shit, and here's a fun relationship in the middle of it. Several fun relationships. There's actually a little dirty dozen kind of thing going on here too. Um, and Christian Ward d- draws a great black belt. There's a lot of heavy shadows yep. with the, focusing on the lines, uh, the white lines in his costume. But even uh, like it looks the, like the classic outfit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, the, the the setting is like made for Christian Ward. I mean, you know, space prison. 
Uh, yeah, know, Christian Ward. Christian Ward is so great, and Fraser Irving too, as well. You know, kind of adding to it on the, the, the four pages in this in this uh, issue. Um, you know, uh, Christian Ward draws these like the, the Odyssey book he did with Fraction over an image. It's just like these insane, colorful. You know, you know, almost Kirby channeling Kirby it's kind not, of you know out there. Yeah, it's not Kirby. It's not in the style of Kirby. It's not. It's Tom not Kirby esque. No, but it's yeah. got the spirit. Exactly. Like it's exactly. got that right feel, and that makes it really fun. It's, it's yep. a great. Look, this book's a gift. This is a great book. Look at page seven, back to Christian Ward, and the dumb smile. And I say dumb in a, as a compliment on on Black Bolt's face when he sees Lockjaw. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that. I, uh, again, not a, not a dog person, but I respect the effect that dogs have on people who love them. And you don't, you know, you never see you never see Black Bolt make that face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not just because he's being rescued. It's also because it's Lockjaw. He wouldn't make that face if, you know, Gorgon showed up. Right. Um, so I, I again, not the, I'm not an Inhumans expert. I always thought that Lockjaw was some poor guy who got the Terrigen Mist and became a dog afterwards. That's they go back and mustache. forth on it. I think that's actually, last I knew that was the official explanation, but it's a stupid explanation. And so maybe it's one of those. Because here he's a puppy yep. in the beginning. Take what you see fit out of it, I guess. I don't know. In Why my does mind, he have a mustache? Not. Cause he's, cause Jack's awesome. <laughs> cause Jack Kirby's awesome. You know I think what? he's more awesome if he was a person with a mustache who became a dog, and that's part of the tragedy. Uh, you know what? I don't. I think it's better that he's a dog, and they were like, we should put a mustache on him. And he should have a cigar also, yep. and a little pork pie hat, and he should go to OTB. <laughs> that one, the place. <laughs> that that tapped into a very specific memory. <laughs> That's good stuff. It's a great. This oh, is a great man. little mini series. I want to see more stuff like this. Is it a mini? Yeah. Is it the next issue? I don't know. I assume it is because I like it. I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping it's an <laughs> ongoing. I mean, I don't know who's. I don't know. I who's think it's an ongoing that will that could be converted into a mini. Yeah. Isn't Saladin um, Ahmed I mean, like a Twitter writer? Saladin Ahmed right? is a yeah. He's a writer. I think he's he's well clearly he's a writer, but I mean he's like yeah he's not um and I you know I never read anything he did you know he did um uh, Throne of the Crescent Moon that's what he did. Uh, the 2012 book that was nominated for the Hugo. Thank you, Google. Um, I, I think he's great. He he gets it. You know what I mean? Like some sometimes you you bring you know you bring writers over and whether they get it or not um, is a question. But like he gets it. So yeah. yeah, he should be he should be kept in the stable if he wants to be. Well, yeah. I remember in the first couple issues there was a little bit of oh new comic writer. You know you could just right. see it and it's gone. Like I I've, I've forgotten about that. And I just oh it's interesting. It's a it's like it's a different voice. Yep. Oh goodness, I love it. Uh, so moving on from writing, but to art, uh, seven to eternity number nine, uh, the return of Jerome Pena to finish out this uh, story arc, and uh, this is one of those. I, much like Josh, when you talk about uh, Mateus Scalera, I got to uh, page three of the book, page two of the art, and it's this full page splash page of this city. Uh, uh, that they're arriving to, and I just, I just, I just said, "Oh, Jerome, stop it! Just stop it!" He d- well, he did. He took some time, so <laughs> yeah. I, mean, he, he, I don't know. If there was a there was a different artist in the last issue. Um, yeah, there have been. There have been. They, they had James Heron filling yeah. in, um, and to see Opania come back, but not only come back, but like, I mean, it just, uh, he, it's, he's, he's stupid good. What it is just like. Every page on that heron issue, I remember that I was talking about. It. I said I, I think I liked this more than I liked the ones before it. So coming back, I was like, I hope I'm enjoying this, and I totally enjoyed this issue. Yes, it was yeah. much more focused and yep. specific. I knew who we were dealing with and what was going on. Um, and and honestly, like to, in a certain, I feel like Opeña's tightened up a little. Yes, like it's less. Um, there's still a lot of fantasy here, but it's just. Again, it's just a little more clear, I think. Yeah. Well, the majority of this issue is a great fight sequence um, between the main character and this woman in white, and then the bad guy that he's been traveling with gets involved, and with this great gun that shoots ghosts. Or like it, it, the, the imagination of Remender is just crazy, but like, and the ghost of his father comes back to help him, um, and then turns on him because he sees that he's working with the, the family's enemy. Um, like, I mean, a Remender book with with daddy issues. Yeah, it was, it was like, yeah. All right, yeah. what? I <laughs> know, not surprising, but um, daddy issues, uh, but, but also just like constantly going over this idea of like, am I being a good person in the world versus what most people are doing? This this sort of moral. It's the good. It's the am I a good man? 
am I my father? That's most. Yeah. That's most. That's the theme in most of his books, which is not, I'm not complaining about. Yeah, no, I, I find it like it's a line of thought that I, I can I can get behind. Like I find yeah. there's no there's a lot of parsing basically. Yeah, and it's not telling us how it is. Some of the characters tell you how it is, but it's not. It isn't there yet. It's it's thoughtful. But um, but goddamn, Opeña killed it. Just yep. absolutely killed. Just murdered it. Murdered it like the ghost of Adam's father did the woman in white. Just like uh, it, I feel it, like uh, he switched great. up his inking style, or they did something with the colors. Like it feels like the line work is less uh, ethereal. Is that's the word? I'm yeah, saying. yeah. It feels you know a little saying? less. A le- yeah, I feel. I don't know what. Yeah, you're right. I definitely. It definitely feels different than the first arc. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it, and I don't know why. But um, yeah, it's just I don't know if it's with the coloring or I, I mean because I think Jerome, Jerome either inks himself or he works that you know like he he I know that there's no anchor on board. Right. Um, but yeah, there, there's something. Every page had every page had at least one thing that I was like, oh man, look at that. You know, like when when he, when when Adam shoots the the gun with the with the blue little lizard spirits flying out of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, come on, like, come on. And then, like, all the, I mean, admittedly, a little Avatar-y, but the floating little islands that are all connected, like the big landscape shots. Um, the Mud King, every time you see him, like, I just think that that character design is just so amazing. You're, you're, you're right. I was actually, the next thing I was going to mention it, for, for whatever reason, I can't quite put my finger on it. Like, he's really interesting to look at and sort of try to figure out the yep. the weight of him and the texture of him and everything. And, I, and, and, and then, and they added to it by giving us three panels of a flashback to him as a child. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's much more smoother, mm-hmm. right? And it's like younger, you know, less, you know, kind of, you know, and that. But then comparing that to how he exists now, where he's a little worn and wrinkly, you know, like it's it's uh, it, it, the, like the the depth that he's providing these characters is just amazing. So yeah, uh, a great great end of the second arc. Great, I mean, just the Opania is just he's a those, monster. Those so. last two pages, as we sort of pull away from that. Clip, yes, that's yep. very quietly. Yes. Yes, you're right. It is. Yeah, you're right. The very like the 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 same shot, but you know the the silent panel. Yeah. You know, and then then the mud king comes back into it, and then you know, and then and then pull zoom out. Like oh, very very quietly. You're right. And I, I want to also, Matt Hollingsworth is I mean, he's doing he's doing some really yeah. impressive work here too. Yeah, no, the, the whole team. I mean, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, Hollingsworth on colors, right? And um, the whole the, the whole team is just this. This book is. I mean, this book is something. Yep. I don't know what it is, but it's something. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good return. Yeah, yeah. Payne is just stupid good. So the award this week for most creators in a single book, <laughs> number nine, <laughs> having nine nine creators, Generations, Iron Man and Ironheart, number one. And he, and and ben, Bendis took a swerve on it. I didn't like it. Uh, I, didn't li- I didn't. I don't like it. Didn't like it. The uh, the cover promised me one thing. The title page promised me the same thing, and then I got something completely different as soon as I entered the book itself. Uh, all of these, first of all, we're annoyed now seeing what, what this actually is, which is nothing. Just adventures between panels in, in Secret Empire number 10. Well, also, this didn't even line up to that, but anyway. Right. Uh, instead of going into the past, instead of Riri going into the past to see young, Iron, young Tony Stark in his awesome, badass classic Iron Man armor, she goes to the future. In which Tony Stark is Doctor Strange, or, or Tony he, Stark is Sorcerer Supreme. Well, he's, he's, he's that existed the in a story somewhere, right? That happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been okay. afraid of that before. Um, so it became less about Riri having the knowledge and the power, and more about Tony and talking about her great future. And, right. Uh, I mean, which is which is an interesting twist. Right, I mean, like, like, wait, wait to turn it on its, you know, it, it turn, turn it a little to the left, turn it ninety degrees in the other direction, you know, with these these characters who aren't sure of themselves going to the past and meeting themselves or the the versions of themselves to gain the confidence or whatever that they need from a younger version of the of themselves or an older version in Jean, whatever. Ah, oh, this is so stupid. And then, um, you know, this you got Riri going to the future where she's being assured that she's destined for greatness. You know, and it's almost a little, you know, they doth protest too much yeah, a little bit yeah. in this, right? <laughs> um, I know James that has Bendis, always been cool, Ron. 
Right, I know. I know that Bendis is very, very fond of Ironheart and very proud to have introduced a new character and do what he's doing. And I and I think she's a great character. I mean, True. we've been talking about talking about that book because it's one of the it's been one of the really solid, awesome books along with the uh, Doom Iron Man book. Like those two books together, like I'm enjoying reading Iron Man because of both characters. But this was a little too no, no, she's going to be important. You know, I'm going to shove it down your throat. Um, and just and the art just uh, I just never got a rhythm to the art, you know, never got a, a consistency to it because the art changes kept on mixing up. I couldn't enjoy it. Um, you know, you had, so you had, uh, Marco Rudy, Shimon, uh, Kredansky and Nico Leon on art. And then on inks, you had Shimon Kredansky, assuming himself. Simon. Yeah. Simon. Simon. Uh, no, Shimon. It's Shimon. When he worked, he worked on spawn. When I worked at image, I remember it was Shimon. Um, uh, Will Sliney on inks, Scott Koblish on links. And I guess Nico Leon inking himself, you know, and then you had Dean White, Paul Mounts, and Marco Rudy on colors. Like it's just, it's it just a me- like, and the style swung from page to page. Um, at least the design stayed the same, but still, it's like. And there was some, there was some, like, if one, like, I, I want to know who did the layouts, because there, there's a lot did. of. Uh, well, no, no, because there's a lot of double page spreads that were very Bendis powersy page layouts right i guess bendis might have done them or whatever yeah exactly and so like if one artist had drawn this book is we probably be talking about it for that but because it was so inconsistent it was just all it was all over the map Uh, i assume that his that his double page spreads are in the script but probably not how they lay it out yeah i don't know in in this case in this case what they have is like when she goes to, to see tony stark in in i don't know in wherever the the sanctum um, Sanctum Santorum. There's all these kind of like it's hard to describe them, but there's these panels coming out of the design of the window. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Just, just very bend. It reminded me of Powers a lot. So I, I like. Still, no, no, I don't know how why we keep reading these. There's a great double page spread. There's a good double page spread that's got um, Tony Stark with the cape, with the Doctor Strange cape, onto the right of the page. And then panels coming out of the cape with red borders to the left of it, like that. That's a good page. Like that's a that's a compa- that's a very interesting page layout. I like it. Um, I just wanted one artist, not a million. So yeah, these these are just. I mean, I'm reading them now for train wreck capability. You know, like it's just like yeah. how bad can they get? So yeah, you guys. Or good. I want to be so, or, or good. I want to be surprised. You know. So they, this is the first one I thought has been bad. Yeah. So um, the first they've been boring to good. All right. Middling to good. Middling to good. Well, I'll tell you who's better than good. Those are our good friends over at Harry's. We want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode of My Fanboy. Uh, and let me tell you, when uh, I, for years and years and years, shaving is something I dreaded. I hated shaving my face. And uh, that all changed when I became a customer of Harry's. And that's why I was so delighted that they are sponsoring My Fanboy because not only me, but all three of us are all co- are proud users of Harry's razor blades. Um, you know, I, I generally, I prefer to have a clean face. I don't, I don't like to have a beard or a goatee or a mustache or anything like that. I do have my sideburns. Um, and Harry's lets me, uh, lets me shave at, and enjoy it and make it easy. And, and I'll say, I'll even say it. It's fun. Um, <laughs> cause it's a quality shave. I don't get cut up. Uh, the handle is is fantastic. The ra- the razor blades are great, and best of all, they're affordable. Well, part of the reason why I hated shaving so much is because I hated going into that locked cabinet at Walgreens and feel like a criminal as they're handing me, you know, giving me the razor blades that I'm paying way way too much for. Harry's they figured it out. They went to Germany and they bought a factory that had over a hundred years of razor blade making experience, and they they're churning out the highest quality razor blades. And they believe so much so in it that um, all their products are backed by a hundred percent quality guarantee. Uh, and best of all, like I said, they're affordable. They offer their blades at half the price of, of the leading five-blade razors, selling directly to you over the internet. And come on, we, we, you're listening to a podcast. You love the internet. I love the internet. Josh loves the internet. I do. Connor iffy on the internet. But I love Connor and loves, hate it. <laughs> but Connor loves Harry's as well. I so, do. More <laughs> so than the internet. Gonna, more than, yeah. <laughs> I love Harry's more than the internet. Connor Kilpatrick, I fanboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what you're going to do. You're going to get on the Harry's bandwagon like so many of you listening already have, which is awesome to see. Um, you can claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. That's a $13 value for free when you sign up. And all you got to do is cover the shipping. 
And with that, that free trial set, you're going to get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, which is so it's got good grips. You're going to you're not going to you're not going to drop it. It's fantastic. Um, you get five precision precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. And I use that trimmer blade to trim my sideburns all the time. It's fantastic. Um, you got the rich lathering shave gel, which is great. Uh, a travel blade cover to keep you from cutting your hand up when you when you go on the road. Um, and you get all this for free. Go to harrys.com slash ifanboy right now. That's harrys.com slash ifanboy. And uh, enter code ifanboy when you're signing up as well, too. You'll get it for free. Get on board. And if you're enjoying Harry's, tell us on Twitter. Tell, hey, I tried Harry's and I like it. I'm on board. Uh, we've heard so many of you. We'd, like, we'd love to hear from more of you. So uh, thank you, Harry's, for your support. Thank you, Harry's, for keeping me clean shaven. And uh, yeah, we thank and, and give it a try. Harrys.com slash ifanboy. Ron, are you still reading Doom Patrol? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't just dogs that got all the action this week. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> a, little, a little cat action as Tom Fowler inked uh, Nick Darrington on this, which I thought was good. I thought um, this was the best looking book of the week. It was really I, I just I loved the art on Doom Patrol, but Nick Darrington is terrific. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, Fowler's probably one of those guys like Sinkevich. Where no. he comes in and inks somebody, you're like, oh, that's good. Nope. No. Well, yeah, no, no. That, that's the thing. No, he, it, it, like, oh, it's good. I think he made Darrington's art better. Right. But he, he didn't superimpose his style on it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wasn't, I was implying that, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think we look at Sinkevich. You see Sinkevich across the room, and you know that he inked it. Yeah, Fowler, but, okay. Fowler did a great job of making Darrington look better. I thought. Yeah. Okay. I'll take, I'll take that too. So, Ron, I, I think I'm following about seventy five percent of the story here. Okay. However, however, uh, I think this book is really fun. Uh, I mean, Gerard Way is a big Grant Morrison fan, and he's channeling him there, obviously. But I think the ideas are, are fun. I liked. I mean, the team is together now. Now that we've finally come together after the first arc, and the whole Danny the Street is sick, and he can't transport anymore in his in his current ambulance form unless he has his driver, who the, the new character who we've met. Um, and then her cat comes back in human form, and they have sex. Did they? Have, yeah, they had sex. <laughs> For a moment, I wanted to leave it out there, but yeah, no, that was that that was some that was some cat cat girl action. <laughs> Although she still has her shorts on, so yeah, that's why I thought. But I think because it's DC, and yeah, so uh, no, this is great. I mean, this looked great, and this got right back into the groove of it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, li- I like that now. I like that the team is together now, and I get a sense, and their you know their interactions are fun too. So. It's a good team, and I mean, Gerard Way writes them well. The art's terrific. I mean, this book's really, really good. Yep. Yeah. Still a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. I wanted to bring up Walking Dead number one seventy one, and you're thinking, why? We don't need to talk about that. And it's kind of true, but the book is kind of a. It's like a steady thing. Like, oh, it's Walking Dead. I know what it is. There was this whole war thing going on, and they got it sorted out. And we've got all these personal issues flying around. But this was one of the first issues I ever read that made it feel like the like a TV show and not in a good way. Interesting. It, it was like an introduction of a new character who was this, like, she's on the cover. It's just this new wild card character, this sort of young woman in a fuzzy pink jacket with a machine gun. And Poochie? I forget her name. <laughs> Poochie, yeah. Basically, I mean, but ba- kind of. And I don't... I don't know. I'm trying to see if they say her name... But basically, like, so the the bands of battle-worn, uh, you know, survivors are going through this city, and um, Michonne is sort of leading them, and and this crazy girl shows up and is strange, and it's it's like how they mix together, and it just felt so superfluous. It it felt like we can sell this based on this, and I I really hate to say that I don't like to think of it that way. But I did. I was there. Was there was enough going on, and there was enough interpersonal things, and also like I've noticed this. We started off with there's been a bunch of sort of crazier characters, and then we finally hit the apex apex of Negan, who is you know like this constantly speaking id, and this seems like a different version of that kind of thing, like a really over the top character who can then carry pages and pages by acting strange or saying a lot of stuff. Um, I wasn't happy about that. Not saying it was awful or, you know, like she's going to be a bad character. Maybe it'll be interesting, but it felt weird. Didn't feel right. All right. Fair enough. Um, what felt right was Astonishing X-Men number three, uh, because guess what? Ed McGinnis on pencils. Nice. 
And I'm reading this. I'm like, God damn it. What does it take to get an Ed McGinnis X-Men book? About more, a time machine? More time than you've got. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was very nice to see a, a good artist. Really cool. Uh, Wolverine or Logan, Old Man Logan's uh Professor Xavier, Shadow King focus story, but it just like it just looked fantastic. So good. What do you think? How long do you think this old man Logan thing is going to go on? I have no idea. Years. I mean, it's the thing now. It's like yeah, Miles Morales. He's not going anywhere. Mm, so, maybe. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't. You know. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. I don't. I have no so. idea. They, they they made they made a very good distinction in this book though about the difference between because the shadow you know like the difference between Logan and Wolverine from Professor Xavier's point of view and like like good good work on Charles Soul on kind of like character explore, exploration in that in that regard. Yeah. Want to quickly mention Kingsman the Red Diamond number one. Uh, those of you who are subject to marketing will probably notice that there is a second Kingsman movie coming out. Um, I remember reading. At least the first issue of the comic before didn't really do a thing for me, but when I it was called the Secret Service, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed the movie. <laughs> is what I'm getting at, and so yeah. uh, I thought I'd give this a read. Uh, written by Rob Williams, uh, with art by Simon Fraser, um, and a cover by Frank Quitely, but not really a Frank Quitely cover in that sense. It's just a picture of the actor who plays uh, in the movie. Uh, but I dug this. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. It feels like the movie. So if yep. you like the movie, you will like this. And in this instance, I don't have a problem. Didn't Dave Gibbons? Yes. Yeah, he was the original art. Okay. He was the original right. artist. He's the creator of this. Yeah. 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 Okay. Just it's coming back to me. Um, but I mean, basically, the point is, I totally enjoyed reading this. I thought Rob Williams' script was great. Um, and if you liked the movie in that world, uh, then you will probably dig this too. So if you're looking forward to the other movie, make sure to check up this comic. Check out this comic book too. So we get to the inevitable part of the hard-traveling hero storyline in which Oliver has been meeting up and having one issue team-ups with all these different characters in which we get to Hal Jordan. Finally. And, and Otto Schmidt has not been doing this whole arc, right? Uh, no, he's not. He's, he's coming. Yeah. He's like every third or fourth issue. So Otto Schmidt draws this one. We all know, as we've been saying, this book's better when Otto Schmidt draws it. And it's better he could totally do a green lantern book he's his hal jordan was awesome these two characters play off each other so well um even though you don't necessarily have the backstory in the 52 but it doesn't really matter who cares anymore um it just it's fun to see the, the super ground level guy with the super space level guy and uh they're both cocky assholes and they both acknowledge they're, they're cocky assholes and it's just fun and i'll schmidt brings a whole lot to a new level of this book yeah uh, i like i like this hal jordan a lot Cool. Yeah. No. I, I, Otto Schmidt. I think he's he's the best. He's the best artist when that book is when it, when it's working. It's because Otto Schmidt is drawing it. I think. And yeah. I just wish that I wish that he was so it would be more consistent with and that. If it was so. a monthly book, he would be. Yep. Yeah. No. And you'd say, look at this great run of Green Arrow we've had. Yep. So, um, go heading over, uh, Connor. You can stay there, but Josh, why don't you come with me over to over to Star Wars Corner? Oh. Come, come, just pull up a chair. Look at the size of that. Um, by the way, I, I'd like to acknowledge the fact that Star Wars Corner seems to be the only active corner in the iFanboy uh, recording studio. Um, th- th- I feel bad because it originated from your guys' war corner. Um, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. I, I, if there are other corners, feel free to do them. That's all. That's I, think, all I think it would do us well to keep our eye out for other corners, but also we don't want to o- over-cornerfy. True. Fair I enough. Mean, that that gets a lot of podcasts. Is the overcornification? <laughs> Keep that so, in mind, young podcasters. Yes. Yeah, so don't you I don't mean, want to overcornify? That's, that's the number one tip that I tell people: is one, take something from a podcast that was canceled a long time ago and just <laughs> run with it. It's not your joke. Doesn't matter. Run with it. If people like it. Do it. Also, if it's if it's a good joke, it'll work. You're gonna feel like you want to make a you make a lot of corners. Don't go with that over-cornification. It's, it's a death knell. Yep. Star Wars Darth Vader number five. Earlier in the series, I think I criticized Charles Soule for not writing Palpatine correctly, and I just want to give Charles uh, Soule credit because he got so be it in there, and uh, I was like, all right, that's Palpatine. So That's all he needed? Turns that's out all that's all he was missing. This dish so, isn't right. Hold on. A little bit of parsley. Oh, perfect. I didn't even – I didn't know. Is, is Cam Smith – Cam Smith? Is that a – 
It's not the guy from the original Dark Horse miniseries, is it? Dark Dark Empire? Oh, man, I didn't even notice that. It might be. I'll look it up while you guys talk about the issue. Well, no, because, no, he, Cam Smith did the inks on it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giuseppe Camicoli pencils, and then Cam Smith did the inks. If it's that, the Cam Smith, from, yeah, you look that up, Connor, because that would be amazing. But, um, no, this this kind of wraps up the, the first story arc where Vader had to go build his uh, dark side lightsaber. And I, 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 this was good. This is fun. I enjoyed this. I like Vader getting his ass kicked. And then for a moment, you know, re, you know this kind of reflection on the choices that he's made up to this point. Um, and then the little fantasy of, of fighting the emperor and then, and then we see what really happened. Um, and I, I just, I, I continue to hate what's his name. Uh, uh, mess, uh, mass or mass or mass or whatever the guy, the guy, the guy with the horns, the uh, Palpatine's advisor. Okay. I hate that guy, the blue, blue guy. I hate him. I remember him so. from the Senate. So, so you're saying he anyway. slid right into Sheev. He's got Sheev down now. He slid into Sheev, yes. So I'll, I'll give him that. So. Jedi. Um, and then finally I read... So, Well, Josh, did you read this? Did you read I wasn't going to, and I saw you put it on a list, so luckily I was able to very quickly read it because it's not all yeah. that complicated. Right now. Wait, hold on. Two things. One, it was Cam Kennedy, not Cam, Cam Kennedy. that's what it was. It was a Cam. Uh, Either way, two, there's an hockey player with that name. To this book in question, Ron, violates your sacred Star Wars blackout. I would just like to get that oh, on the, the record. Next one? Yes, no, yes, I acknowledge the next one. Not the Vader one, but the next book. No, the next one. Yes. Right, the next one. That's what I'm saying. The next one. Yes, yeah. I know. Oh, I'm aware of it. It well, doesn't, though. Be aware. Well, because, okay, so the next book is Star Wars Journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma number one. Uh, story by Kelly Thompson, art by Marco Cicchetto. Because um, you know Star Wars needs to have photo photorealistic artists. He's he's all right um, with me. He's all right with me. Yeah, Chicago's Chicago's all right. But so this tells this is the in between. The only reason why I read this Connor is because this is the in between the lines of during the Force Awakens of how Captain Phasma survived the Star Killer base exploding. Um, so it, it, literally, it happens within the Force Awakens. We just don't actually see it. It's, um, it's the pointless story of a pointless yes. character and yes. perhaps the most pointless plot. It's not pointless. It was, I mean, I, I'm not a plot hole person. I don't really care about it much, but that was a pretty like stupid yeah. part of the movie yes. where, where, where Captain Phasma, who was supposedly built into this badass who was not, um, basically well, turned we, the key We talked about this on the podcast I know. about Star Wars. It wasn't the movie's fault. Yeah. It was the people's fault for building her up. And they put uh, no. It's 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 there was posters. No, there, it, there was Captain stuff. Phasma was a red herring. They, they put her there because she was an awesome design. Yeah. Well, also, but they put a real actor in there. They put Brienne of Tarth. I mean, it wasn't they like might, they might have more plans for her. We don't know. Yeah. Well, the, either way, look, she gave it up. Shouldn't have. And anyway. this is the story of her covering that up. This 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 just this made me laugh in that it was like really we're gonna go down to this level. Well, you've already yeah. read a one shot about why C-3PO's arm was red. So oh, I know. Well, that, was the week. that was written no... by James Robinson and drawn by Tony Harris. Also, I have no apologies for no, that. <laughs> it, but, but let's be it was stupid. Yes, it was. And I don't mean like, like in the good way. Like, oh, man, that's stupid. And that's great. This was yeah. just stupid. And it's not like the creator's fault. Like, I'd have taken the job if I were them. Totally. But it's it's stupid. Get some of that Star Wars money. Nothing sure. wrong with that. No. Anyway, I just thought it was funny that, that this is where we're at now. Star Wars, col- colon, Journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma. This is where it, it, uh, it just makes me laugh. That's all. So. All right, so those are the books we're going to talk about. If you go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, you join up there, you can vote every week to put a book into the rundown. And this week, it wasn't even close. It was never close. I think the, by a three or four to one margin over the second place book. The, this week's pick was Dastardly and Muttley number one, which is another one of the Hanna-Barbera books from DC Comics, written by Garth Ennis, <laughs> with art by Morissette. So now, so now I was so excited about this because this is right up our alley, right? Sure. Um, Garth Ennis, I know we all love Garth Ennis. I don't know Morissette. I've never seen him before. I enjoyed the art. Um, Going into this, I thought this was a one-shot. The six-issue miniseries. And so when I got to the end of the issue, I was like, oh, there's going to be more of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what, so th- this tells the story of how Dastardly and Muttley come to be. The story that, that needed both, to be told. <laughs> in, in, this, in the world where they're both 
F-14 fighter pilots and they get exposed to some weird radiation that's being leaked by a drone that is leaking Looney Tunes, Asterix, and Skull and Crossbones characters. And Dastardly seems fine, but Muttley, who uh, was a pilot who brought his dog on the mission... Good choice. Mer- ...merged into his dog and becomes Muttley, and that's the, that's the uh, cliffhanger of the, the, last, of the last, end of the issue, in that he, he's, he's an anthropomorphized dog. I want to know what genius at DC scheduled these books for the same week. Well, <laughs> well of, of the two comics this week about people merging with their dogs, this was not the good one. I tell yes. you, I walked in and I said, oh, man, I, I, all I wanted to do at the beginning of this review, as soon as I saw the cover, was just, you'd say, Josh, what do you think? And I was just going to go five and walk away. But I am not going to be able to say that. This uh, we love Garth Ennis. I think he's we, we said this before. He's he's one of he's one of if not the best working comic writer. Sure. Uh, I don't know if anybody's better than him. Uh, this felt like this was this felt like he was going through the motions. A little bit. This I'm didn't feel like. Uh, also, also for just for a point of reference, uh, Dastardly and Muttley are the you know Warner Brothers cartoon. Um, characters where it's the it's the evil kind of villain with the pencil thin mustache and his laughing snickering dog who sounds like <laughs> and they made the guy who becomes Muttley also have a signature laugh and proceeded to write it out and let me just say that laugh that Josh, Josh did for you all does not translate <laughs> to comic book script at all um, like, well, it's like HRCH, 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 HWENN. Well, I'm going to go Josh. ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say that while Garth Ennis is a favorite of mine, his phonetic dialogue is not my favorite. You, and you've been on record saying that. Before. I have. I have. Uh, is uh, reading Gar's face is painful. Right. Um. So this isn't is, it supposed to be. I guess, but... It's just to recreate the feeling of having to listen to him. I know, but the, didn't they... They subtitled it, so... Which means he went through the whole thing of doing it anyway. He could have put it in the little brackets if he wanted to, but... He went... He likes doing didn't, it. It didn't feel clever like his last couple of minis. You know, the uh, the ones about the Hitman side characters. Uh, those at least had that Garth Ennis wit to this. just felt like... If you, if you had not told me this was Garth Ennis, I would never have guessed it was Garth Ennis. I yeah. agree. I, I really... I got that feeling. It was kind of... Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess he's got six issues. He's got to stretch it out. But also, <laughs> I kind of get it, in, and I'm projecting completely. If I'm Garth Ennis, this is what you're getting offered now. And Maybe. you got to eat. Yeah. yeah. It's either this or he can do some of the books he likes at, you know, tiny publishers who will let him do it with, you know, artists who are not as good as the quality that he's working with. And I think he's done his best. I'm making excuses. Maybe Get this that is preacher thing. money. Yeah, AMC, so we'll see if he gets that. He'll be I'm sure he's selling more. I'm sure he's selling more books now. Because I'm of sure, but it was a Vertigo book, so it wasn't like he fully owned it outright. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I it's it, it feels like... This is what happens to comic creators as they are 10, 20 years past the point of like sort of their biggest, greatest work. Is the, And he was never easy to fit in. He was never going to be a mainstream guy. No, he hates superheroes. Right. But he's like the best of what they have, and we can't find anything to do with him because there isn't an audience for it. And I think that's ridiculous. Agreed. Um, it's, the, it's the state of comics right now. No, not right now. Always has been. I mean, that's always the case. If no, I don't right think now, it's always been the case. Well, if you look at like um, – uh, who's drawing? Is it uh, who's drawing? You know, like like Jim Starlin's still around. You know, like all these people are still around, but they get replaced. You know, uh, who's doing? Yeah, action? but those guys. Doing action those right guys, now? Dan Jurgens. That's what I was thinking of. Those guys like doing those books, though. And the problem, that, Garth, they, the problem is always that he's, is that he doesn't like doing those books. So. Well, he's like an exacerbation of that issue, though. In that, in that, like the industry moves on, but there isn't a place for all those people, and the and the people who worked in in comics and made a great career out of it for twenty years or something like that. It's, it's hard for them to find a place to fit in, unless you're, um, <laughs> what's his name, Keith Keith Giffen, who apparently will never lack for work, which I'm also totally fine with. Well, if if he wanted to write Batman, right, they would give him a Batman book. There's no way they wouldn't, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. 
And the problem is, there's no, there, there isn't a strong indie world for him to, to live in. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, and I suppose that's the thing. Like, there isn't, there isn't really. And it's funny because he never really showed up in that, you know, that last creator-owned boom. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think Image wants to publish any World War II comics. Well, and yeah, I understand why, but I still don't agree with the decision. <laughs> All right. So ratings, ratings, ratings. Three. 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 Sticking with it. I can't give him less than that. I know, me neither, yeah. Stick, sticking with it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, right. he, gets a, he gets a lot of rope. Yeah, he does a lot. No, I just want to see where it goes, man. I just want to see where it goes. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, it'll become a thing. Yep. He must uh, have six issues of ideas here, so we'll find out. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> So uh, also at patreon.com slash ifanboy, when you can join it to become a patron, you can join at a $5 level or higher, and you get your own superpower, which we give out every week on the show. Uh, so to thank the patrons this week, Ron starts us off. I want to thank Amarina Campos for th- being a supporting patron of ifanboy. And Amarina, don't know if you're a guy or a girl, but it uh, doesn't matter because Amarina uh, brings the horses on a merry-go-round to life. Ooh. That could be delightful or horrifying. Only when, only when he or she is on the merry-go-round. When, when he or she steps off, when Amarina steps off the merry-go-round, they go back to being wooden. So wait a minute, are they like impaled on spikes when they're alive? <laughs> That's the tragic, tragic thing is that they are. <laughs> it's just, just mewling screams of horses, a blood curdling kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're on the pole. They're attached to the poles when they're alive, but they're. I don't want to. I don't have any animal cruelty issues, so I'll say that that they they, they still work with the, the the poles work around them. Let's go around that. Let's just okay. say that. Let's, let's, I don't want I don't want to harm any animals in the in the in the. Bestowing. Well, wouldn't be you? Would be Amarina harming they're not, animals? They're not really yeah. animals, right? So they they magically come to life, but then as soon as Amarina steps off, they go back to being wooden. So. All right. Now, if you are the proprietor of the amusement park, you probably don't want her coming on, or he. Yes, that's Ina is a. I mean, is it a girl? Okay. Ina is so. a feminine in, in many okay. of the romance languages, that would be. Okay. Um, I didn't want to assume, so, yeah. in these days. But, uh, yeah, no, I imagine, I mean, it's the kind of thing that once, you know, like, once we found out about it, you, you want to stay away from the merry-go-round, so. Okay, fair enough. Moving on. So, Ryan Jussel. Um, Ryan Jussel has the power to reinvigorate any meats and make it moist again. Ooh, but but like good again too. Hold right? on, like hold not, on. Are we talking about expired or... meat or overcooked meat? Overcooked meats. Okay, can... so cooked, so it's not raw meat that's got. That's, he, that's... No, no, no. He he can make all meats moist again. So if you got some meat that you cook, like like say like it's two weeks after Thanksgiving, and you still got a lot of turkey, but it's all dried out now for being in the refrigerator for two weeks, he can make it like like new. Make it like new. That's the that's the, that's Ryan's super her name. Make it like new. <laughs> Or the moist maker from Friends. All right. But uh, he can re- reinvigorate your, your meats with moisture. Cool. Make it delicious. Craig Casipe. Yeah. Casipe? Casipe. Okay, we'll go with that. Casipe. Casipe. Casipe? Casipe? I don't know. Uh, his power is that he always has, always, uh, a relevant uh, aphorism. For any situation, like uh, like a Ben Franklin quote or something like that, a bit of fatherly or or, or, or paternal wisdom to help you get through. It. It's always there on tap. Doesn't matter. Reuses some of them, but it's always right there, which is super annoying for everybody. Stitch in time saves nine. Listen, Craig, we need you to stop. And then we'd have another <laughs> one that I can't think of because I don't have that power. But all of that folksy wisdom is just banging around in there, and it's it's he hasn't even read all of it, but he knows it, and it comes out. Aphorisms, aphorisms. <laughs> all right then. Uh, and then our last patron, Sean Cronenfeld. I want to thank Sean for being a patron. And Sean can make any houseflies in the room drop to the ground. Oh my god! Oh. Oh. Just by, just by thinking about it, he looks at him and just like tilts his head, and all the houseflies. <laughs> Drop to the ground, and By then the you way, can deal with them. The, the tilts head detail, that was nice, and it was creepy. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. Uh, that Twilight Zone <laughs> episode. Just, eh? Yep. 
Yeah. That's better that. than one of those electric tennis racket things. That is so good. It's a good power. So go to patreon.com slash ifanboy, sign up at the $5 level or higher, and you too could get a power. Uh, Connor, what else have we got going on? You can help the show in many ways. First, if you uh, recall, if you've been listening, our t-shirt store has launched, ifanboy.threadless.com. We currently have four designs. Two of them are classic, iFanboy and Herm, and two of them are new of the Piggly podcast and the ratings. And we have our brand new design, so I guess that makes five designs. We should update this copy. It's the If One is Electro shirt. That's our newest shirt. It's uh, out there in the store. You can check it out. You can get it in all kinds. Of, you don't even get it as a shirt. You can get it as a iPhone case or a coffee mug. There's all kinds of things you can get the third of the store using our shirt designs. Check that shirt out there. Also, iFanboy.com slash support. That's where you can find the Amazon link if you're doing any Amazon shopping. This, this, the holidays are coming up soon. If you make that your uh, permanent Amazon link on the browser, you don't even have to think about going to iFanboy.com slash support anymore. Also, on that page, it's a PayPal link. You can make a direct donation. As always, eccentric billionaires are welcome. And finally, as we said, patreon.com slash ifanboy, where you can join and sign up. You can vote in the books every week. You, you can get dumb superpower. You can, there's all kinds of different fun things you can do. You can, you can be involved in the Patreon hangout that's happening soon. All that's happening at patreon.com slash ifanboy. All right. Good times. All right. Um, we got time for one question. Letters or calls? We got voicemails this week. Uh, Connor, who are we hearing from? Let's do Danny E. Hey, fanboys. This is Danny from Orlando, and I have been wondering about this question since January 15th at 7.44 a.m. Um, you referenced Electro having a great costume, and uh, then later on in later episodes, you referenced him being a 1 on the scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being bad. I'm just wondering, how do you actually feel about Electro's costume? Do you love it? Do you hate it? And my second part is, you guys mentioned... Um, Taskmaster, Electro, Flash, Jim Lee, Cyclops, and Thor being some of your favorite costumes. We're wondering what makes a great costume. Is it color scheme? Is it cool logo designs? Um, what is your opinion on that? Thanks for all that you guys do and keep it up. Danny, all good questions. And I, we've been on the record before, so I don't know why this is still confusion. Uh, Electro is one of the best costumes in all history. Exactly. That's why, that's why it's number one on the scale. Number one. It's Electro. No. You can't try to understand the scale. The scale is the a living, scale, breathing organism. But it's a 10. The, right. No, I mean, no. On a scale of 1 to 10, Electro, like, yes, Electro's the best. Electro's the best. It's but he's number, number one. one. Right. If one is Electro, right? <laughs> come on. Come on. You look at Electro, and you know exactly what that guy, that guy's electricity. I don't want to beat you, a dead horse here, but it's stupid. And you yes, need to understand that. That's key to this. So if you're looking so, for something that isn't stupid, I don't know what to tell you, Danny. It's it may, stupid. might not be the show for you. <laughs> oh, I really ought to laugh that shit. All right, but let's talk about We all have uh, some of our favorites in terms of costumes. Um, and I don't know that I've ever thought about what it is about those that makes me like them so. I think a simplicity of design is important. I think instantly recognizable in a crowd is important. Um, and I think those things are more apparent the further we get along and as Marvel has made, and DC as well has made their costumes more complicated and more full of more patches and lines and belts. And well, yeah, a, gr gr a great, a great um, example of this, I feel like, uh, is Iceman recently. In that Iceman, and by the way, we, we didn't talk about it earlier, but Iceman, Cena Grace is writing Iceman and doing a great job. And the, the, the issue that came out this week had to do with uh, him telling his parents he was gay and say, you know, all that stuff. But Cena's like the guy to do that. So very well done. Um, but currently right now, Iceman's costume is this blue and black short sleeve kind of shorts costume that looks ridiculous when he's not in ice form. Right. It looks great when he's iced up, but when he's just a man, Q, Q, Josh, when he's just when he's not iced up, it looks awful. It's a bad costume. Right. right. And, and, you know, that, then in, in, in here they have a scene of him talking to Kitty, who's wearing the classic yellow and blue X-Men costume. And that's a perfect costume. So it's like it's hard. It's hard to like. You, you, I, I hate to say. I hate to compare it to porn, but like you know it when you see it. Or good design, perhaps. Good design. Porn. Yeah. Well, design, okay. It's hard to it's hard to quantify sometimes what good design let is. Me, let me let me take a step sideways. I think that there are probably rules when it comes to superhero costumes that are uh, that are somewhat objective in that, and you know this works, this doesn't. There's reasons why it does. 
However, I think when it comes somewhat to our preferences, it's subjective based on almost like how old you were, the kind of things that you liked first, what you were originally uh, exposed to. And I think Iceman's a good example of that. Um, my first Iceman would have been uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And so that's the one I prefer, as opposed to, say, Jack Kirby's original Iceman, which was just a, like a, a just ice. It was just yeah, no, I mean, no, it was snowballed, but but he wore the blue and yellow. I mean, right. I mean, J- Jack Kirby and the X-Men designs were very lazy designs. He just gave them a, a team uniform right. and went with that. But but in that, what you had was you had, you know, you, the Cyclops visor was unique to that. And that said, this is this guy's got one eye. Right. Um, you know, you know, they, they had the cowls, you know, but but Jean Grey had the red hair sticking out. So you knew that was Jean Grey. Right. You know, um, uh, Angel had his wings, so of course that's an angel. It's fine. Beast and Iceman kind of got the short trip. I mean, Beast just had big hands and big feet, but Iceman would just snowball up or ice up, and that was it. Iceman for years has not had a very good costume. I mean, the be- the best costume Iceman has had, nobody can figure out how to balance between the icing up and the not icing up. But when he was an X Factor and they had those X's as the com- as the f- the full body X costume, that was the best I- Iceman costume. And then he just would ice up and it would be fine. You know, like um, I don't know. It's it's the thing about me for what makes a good costume is it's compelling. It's like you said, Connor, it's good design. It's hard to put your finger on it, but it, it speaks to the, the nature of the character. It's, it's, compelling to look at it's engaging you want to you know i, I want like the first time you saw spider-man spider-man is a perfect costume design i right? think there's a fashion element to it though sure yeah. where where it has to do with like your taste so uh, let's, let's take i think we all agree that the flash real flash costume right is one of the best of all time if not the best if not the best like i could give it that now at the same time like i love kirby's thor like right up until they stopped using it, I was like, "This is great." Now it has nothing to do, yeah, with the Flash in that sense, but it it conjures up what he is. There's a thing to me, especially in Marvel comics that I first saw in the '80s. There was a lot of like, we talk we talk about the Taskmaster, we talk about like um, Hawkeye. Like there was those boots that had like a flat the pirate there. boots. They had like yeah, it's pirate boots. Like they had a flappy element to it. Like a lot of there was a lot of pirate elements. That's which for some reason I really like in a superhero costume, and I totally understand why that doesn't make sense. It's not just me, you know. No, no, no. The boots are great. Yeah, the, yeah. I always like when artists draw the costumes to look like clothing. However, I don't like it when the costumes are designed to be clothing. And what I mean yeah. is, you can have Gary Frank draw Superman with the with. The belt, the yellow belt going through the the red loop belts loopholes back when he had the the trunks, because you never think that all oh, right that's a belt in a loophole because the way it's drawn it just looks like all one piece, but when it there was a certain point and I don't know when it happened I guess it was the early two thousands it might have been earlier when when they started designing costumes to look like to look functional yeah when they that's like, when the tactical clothing became the thing when, and then when Iron Man went from from his great costume to having to having the mech suit. Right, like they had all the joints and all the, you know, the, yeah. the, the way I guess he would look if he was really wearing an iron suit, which is fine. But these are superheroes in a comic book. I don't need it to look like. Yeah, it. I think I think unstable molecules was the smartest thing anybody thought of. Well, that doesn't make any yes, sense. Yeah. Fine, like it doesn't then, matter. This is what he looks like in Captain costume. America, cool. Same thing. Like now it's like okay, now let's put him in sort of an army esque suit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like well, these are superheroes. At some, a certain point, part of the fun is they're big pop icons. Yeah. Um, well, and they, they look a certain way. You don't have to. You don't have to have a detailed costume reference to draw them because how many how many uh, lines of Batman suit are there? You know? Yeah, right. Um, and if you look back, you know, like for us, we're gonna say, oh, that Superman from the '80s, that John Byrne type Superman. That's the Superman costume. But somewhere there's some nerd from the '30s who's like, ugh, they should have never taken the black out of the S. You know. Or the trunks should have been bigger, or whatever, right. it, and it has a little to do with your sort of first exposure. Now, I think there's and something Darwin like, draws them that way. He draws yeah. them with the trunks that go down the legs. They look yeah. like trunks yeah. underwear, um, which is more uh, original. And actually, I like it. Sure, you know, it's well, it's, you know, I like it's it. all design. It's all design. Like I, I, I love that that Thor costume, but I really like the redesign that they did in the 2000s. That I, I want to say Ariel Olivetti did it, but I, I don't know that that's true. Um, you know, they, they redesigned it, kept the stuff that was good about the old one, but it, it still worked. You know, like, it's 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 super subjective. 
except I think we all tend to agree on what doesn't work. I don't know necessarily why, but I know that stupid glowing spider just seems wrong. It's yeah. hard to say why on on. Well, it's gone. So is it gone now? So is it good written? So well, listen, I, haven't, I haven't got the next issue, but I'm assuming here's it's gone, my why. So. Here's my my why opinion. Why my opinion doesn't matter. I don't read any Spider-Man books, so who knows? But yeah. So. But do you not read them because of the glowing spider? No, it wouldn't be. I I I don't know that I would necessarily stop reading them because of that. There are definitely there've been bad costumes where it's. They've gotten away from the things that made me like what the characters look like so much in so many instances. I was reading Iron Fist this week, and he said, like, I don't know if it's this issue or the last issue, but he said something like, I used to wear white. And I was like, the costumes don't matter anymore, is I guess the thing that's happening. They're they're so changeable that I couldn't even tell you what. DC's probably better at least making them seem consistent. Marvel just is like, whatever you want it to be this week. Yeah. Which isn't as Which is too bad because they're, 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 they're icons. They should, be, they, should, they should look like icons. You think they'd know that? All right then. Uh, good, good talk. Love, love talking about costumes. Always a fun time. Uh, thanks for calling in or sending in that file, Danny. You can get in on the action by emailing contact at ifanboy.com. You can send in an MP3 with your question, or you can just write us the old-fashioned way. Either way, it's great to hear from you. Be sure to let us know who you are, where you're from, and how long you thought about that question. And keep it brief. I'm normally the one in the talks below chair, but this month Ron took over and he had a conversation with uh, Kieran Gillen. Uh, writer of Darth Vader, not the current Darth Vader, but the previous Darth Vader is now Dr. Afra, and then will be Star Wars writer, along with some other stuff. Um, and uh, you should go check that conversation out. Karen's always super interesting to listen to. Um, there is a book's blood coming out uh, in two weeks. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll be reading Cerebus, Volume 3, Church and State, Part 1, which was said to me, said by me as an offhanded comment, and that's really coming back to bite me in the ass. But I don't want to, I don't want to spoil that show, but I'm, 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 I'm well deep into it and I'm, I'm enjoying the revisit. Well, for me, it's not a revisit. It's one of those things where it's, I, I hate to say the list of shame thing, but it's one of those things like I should have read this. Yeah. And that's why I think we're, that's why we're doing it. So uh, there's definitely there's a reason that we're still talking about it, however many years later, 30 plus years. So that's what we, we will be talking about. It. We'll be uh, booksploding about it. I don't know that that's a verb. And the week before that, there'll be a show on Batman and Harley Quinn. The animated brand trust will be together to talk about that one, even though it came out a couple weeks ago. We've had a lot of shows to, to cram in here. And also back in the feed, you can listen to Ron and I talking about the Defenders. Um no one is talking about the defenders, but Ron and I are. You can find that yeah. on the feed. That's crazy. Are we gonna Are we gonna talk about anything else, Connor? Maybe. I know we've got a lot of requests. Um, Ron and I might do the tick. There's been a lot of people asking uh, for it. If we can figure out how to fit it into the schedule, we we will do it. Yeah. So. so there We're you go. We're working on it. Yes. And finally, if you are a patron at any level, you can come hang out with us uh, next Monday, uh, September this 11th. Monday. This Monday, next, this Monday tomorrow, right? Yes, next Monday, this Monday. That's a that's a weird English language thing. The this this and next. It's weird. It's I remember getting it's next, that it's, when I was like eight. Like, oh, I get yeah. it. Yeah. So this Monday, September 11th, tomorrow, if you are listening to this uh, show uh, on Sunday when it came out, um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you missed it. But don't worry. The video will be archived on Patreon so you can watch it afterwards. But come participate, hang out. It's a blast. Uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Um, we'll see you then. No idea what we're talking about, but it's always a fun time. So That's true. Um, and, of course, you can go to ifanboy.com where you can find links to all of our other previous podcasts. You can follow us on social, me- social media by going to facebook.com slash ifanboy or at ifanboy on Twitter. Uh, and that's how you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You can get, on on the, get in on the action and follow us individually. Josh is at J. A. Flanagan and I'm at RonXO on Twitter and Instagram and Connor is at CS Kilpatrick on Instagram. And finally, if you like the show, write us a review on iTunes or better yet, tell your friends about uh, the show. If you've got friends who listen to read comics and listen, listen to podcasts and don't know about our show, please let them know. That would, we would really appreciate that. Thank you very much. That is it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. And I am Josh. This has been fun. 